Welcome to the Toxin Terminator, helping people to restore and renew their health by removing the toxins from the home and their lives. Join in as industry thought leaders help you understand the physical and emotional effects these products can have on you and your family, and the safe alternatives you can use to remove the hidden toxins for renewed health. Now, please welcome your host, the Toxin Terminator herself, Amy Carlson. Maybe you can relate. We tried every fad diet, meal plan, cleanse, and exercise program out there to get rid of that unwanted belly fat. It's so frustrating trying to figure out what in the world to do. Through our training and certifications, we've learned a proven method that has completely transformed our lives. Not only did we lose the belly fat, but we have increased energy, we sleep better, and wow, does our hair and skin look better than ever. Join our three-day boot camp, Roadmap to Wellness Boot Camp at transformingwomenshealth.com. Hello, how is everyone today? I'm so glad that you keep tuning in each and every week with us because we have just the best guests that come to us. I keep getting introduced to more and more and Honestly, toxins are the number one contributor to disease and inflammation in the body, and it covers everything that happens in our emotional health, our physical health. And so I love bringing all these different um, experts to you so that we can talk all the things. And today, have I got a guest for you. She is a holistic health practitioner and educator. She is the developer of the Rogue Method. She is the founder of Rogue Recovery. Now, this is an autism nonprofit uh, group, and we'll let her tell you a little bit more about it when I bring her on. Also, she is the creator of the Rogue Map Wellness Education Program. Let me tell you, I know that our worlds are so aligned in how we believe. She is on a mission to educate and empower all people to confidently take responsibility for their health and the health of their family. And my guest is none other than Tyler Lewis. Tyler, I'm so glad to have you join us today. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Amy. I'm so excited to be here. I've been following your work and I really think that we're going to have a great conversation today. (laughs) Of course, we always have good conversations. Now, listen, uh, I love in your bio that you say that your mission is to educate and empower for people to take responsibility. I couldn't uh, agree more. And, And I think that's a hard pill for some people to swallow, don't you? I do. Yeah. But we say it anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I really think that, you know, part of that, we're in a new energy now as we're moving towards really building like a safer world for ourselves and for our children. And part of that is to recognize that there's so many things out in the external world that we may not as an individual have control over, but we always have autonomy right here. We always have the power and control right here. And so focusing on that gives us really our empowerment back. Oh, absolutely. I always say that we're the gatekeepers, you know, and and especially us as women. Um, I think it really falls on our shoulders to be the gatekeepers of our home. Um, It's up to us. What are we going to allow in, not just physically, but mentally as well? 
Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more with you on that. You know, I, I think that we, we have to look at the physical and the emotional bodies and how they're being affected, which is why I love what you say in your intro, because, you know, that's us being the gatekeepers controls how we are as an entire sovereign being with a soul inside of this body. So having control over both of that is really going to give us the key to health. Absolutely. So your key focus, as I researched you before you came on the podcast, really is surrounding autism. That was kind of your catalyst into getting into what what you're doing today. And I know everyone I deal with in this industry, they've got a story <laughs> behind, you know, why, why this? Why this topic for you? Yeah. I mean, my hope is that people are coming into this arena of health and wellness with a story because then they're really the most compassionate and helpful people that I've come across. And my story is no different. Um, My son, Donovan, is 14. And when he was three years old, we got a diagnosis of severe autism. And this is a child that started out his life as completely neurotypical wasn't missing any milestones. And right around 22 months, something changed. He lost all of his speech. He lost his eye contact. He really went into like a lot of symptomatic behaviors of autism, but it was really overnight. And for me, that sparked a curiosity as to how a child could be developing typically and then lose, or as we call regress into autism. And Mm -hmm. that started my investigation into health and wellness. Okay, well, let's table this for just a moment because um, do you, did you find out? Well, let me ask, did you find out what the cause was? Um, I feel like I, I definitely have peace in my heart around what's going on with my child specifically. And mm-hmm. you know, for us, like I believe that Donovan's autism is iatrogenic, which means that there was an intervention that occurred and he had a toxic assault to his body that he in particularly due to some epigenetic variances in his makeup, did not allow for him to detoxify effectively. And so what happened was he had a brain injury. And I, you know, that's, that's our story. And I've got a lot of patients in my practice that have a different story. But regardless, we have a massive issue with environmental toxicity that's changing the landscape of our children. So let's talk about, because that's one thing we were discussing before we went live on air is I think back as with many chronic diseases and would autism be considered a chronic disease? Absolutely. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm not speaking out of line here, but as with many chronic diseases, I think back to when I was a child and I'm, I'm 55. So, uh, I've got a few years, I believe (laughs) on you, you do not look to be anywhere near my age. Um, but I think back when I was a child and I don't remember knowing anyone who was diagnosed or appeared to be on the spectrum or even that I knew the word spectrum, yeah. you, you know, back then. And today, you know, today you can't hardly go and have a conversation that it's not brought up. Oh, I love that you mentioned this. You know, I'm 39 years old, so I'm one generation behind you. And I also did not go to school at all with anyone with autism. I didn't even hear the word until I was in undergraduate at 20 years old. And mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that this there's like this explosion in the rates of autism 
And the CDC will tell us that we've got, I, I believe it's now one in 36 children that the CDC recognizes is on the autism spectrum. But here's an interesting tidbit of information. The CDC only calculates children in a specific age bracket. So that data only reflects children eight years and over. They have not counted the children two to seven years old. If they did, we are looking at essentially, um, Dr. Senef ran these numbers and it's like one in 13 children in America today is now on the spectrum. If we counted the children that are between two and seven and added that to the children eight and over. Right. Do we want to get controversial here on this podcast today? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of my middle name in this community. Let's roll. Okay, let's roll with it, shall we? Sorry, I keep losing my earbud. Um, one in 13. Yeah. Would you say this is more of a pandemic than what we've been dealing with over the last months? Absolutely. Would you say obesity is more of a pandemic? Would you say autoimmune diseases are more of a pandemic? But where's the outrage? Yes, I would say all of those things are absolutely the true pandemic. If we were to look at any one of those things, there should be outrage by our CDC and our FDA. And yet there is absolute crickets. Those things in isolation kill more people every year. Combine them, including autism, because a lot of people do not realize the average lifespan of a person with autism is 36 years old. We will lose them younger than any other health demographic. And we have children every single year that spikes in the summertime that will get out of their homes, find bodies of water, and never come home again. So oh. all of these things have a risk of fatality, but yet the conversation's not occurring. And that's that's a disservice to all of the communities of people that are affected by any health condition. That That's scary data, Tyler. That's really right. scary. You know, I got into this realm because at the time when I was learning about what was going on with my body and finding out about toxic environment um, that I was exposed to, there wasn't a lot of voices around it. And I was livid, livid with the fact that we have products being sold to us that we know are not safe. We know they cause damage, and yet there's nothing taking them off the shelves other than for you and me to get out there and scream it from the rooftops. You know, and this is the this is such a tricky thing too because we're starting to be aware as consumers that we vote with our dollars. <laughs> so we go, we run out, we start purchasing cleaner, more natural products and you know what ends up happening? I know you know the answer to this. <laughs> then corporations like Procter Gamble come in or Johnson and Johnson and they buy all of our little actually natural organic companies and a lot of times they purchase that through strong arm tactics yeah. and they buy them out. And then a lot of times we as consumers are not even made aware of that. So we continue to buy these products with changed formulations and continued exposure to things that are illegal in many, many other countries that we allow here in the States. Not only are they illegal in many other countries, but even from state to state, there's different labeling that happens on our products from state to state within the United States. Um, I teach my audience and my clients, the front of the package is marketing. Ignore it. Don't even pay any attention to it. We want to turn that around and start reading the ingredients. And 
this is sad. This is really sad to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that you're here talking with me today. Now let's start. Um, our numbers are staggering. I want to repeat these numbers again because I think our audience needs to hear. One out of 36 kids are on the spectrum. And that's the CDC data that only test children who are eight years old and older. Yes. If they would actually study the numbers from two years on up, it is more like one in 13 children are on the spectrum. Yeah. And the average lifespan of a child on the spectrum is 36 years old. Or is that? that yep, that's correct. And all of that information is available on a really great organizational page called TACA, which is the Autism Community in Action, T-A-C-A-Now.org. They run all of those numbers and they create real conversations around this epidemic. Real. And this is this is your this is your epidemic. This is your pandemic right here, a real pandemic. And we need to understand that. What is your research telling you are the causes? Why? Why is this happening? Yeah. Well, my research is is patient, is direct patient interaction. Because if you go in and you look at the research that's available on things like PubMed and mm-hmm. other uh, like JAMA, um, you know, neurology websites, those papers are being redacted every single day and the data is being buried. So for me, my focus is clinical practice. And what I do is I take a look at what I call the four interferences and I'm looking for these interferences. So I'm looking for a toxic interference, Mm -hmm. which is most often predominantly um, an environmental toxin. I'm looking for an emotional interference, a physical interference and, um, and I'm also looking for um, like a structural interference. So, yeah. And those things are, or excuse me, uh, an, inter- an infectious, like a pathogenic interference. I had already listed structural. So what we're looking for is infections, toxins, structural misalignments, and emotional things that need to be dealt with. Okay. So when I look at those then I can take a look at what's going on with this child. And now I do family wellness because all the parents we started to discover are also sick, which is what led me. Yeah. This is what led me into the conversation of like, not just kids. We've really got a whole other prior generation that we didn't recognize. Yes. Amen. Yeah. So when I look at that, I can tell you there's never, ever been a time when I've pulled an environmental toxin panel on a patient that hasn't come back with something very clinically relevant mm-hmm. that I can also tie into symptoms that they're experiencing. What are your top environmental concerns? I, you know, you've worked with thousands yeah. of patients. Um, uh, so what are you, kind of the top things that you're seeing? Um, that leads me into the four primary toxins. Okay. So this is you like the number four. <laughs> I do well. I do, but it also kind of organically produced itself. So right. I have to assume there's some kind of like design happening here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we have mycotoxins, which are those byproduct of dirty buildings that have mold inside of them that spark right. mold illness. Mm-hmm. And we've got toxic metals, mm-hmm. glyphosate, mm-hmm. and endocrine disrupting chemicals. All right, let, let's, can we discuss each one of these for just a second? So, sure. you know, mold, most people don't understand that mold can also be found in your food sources, you know, yes. right? Even things like your condiments. 
Absolutely. Your supplements. You know, there's condiments, there's coffees, teas. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other main food categories, cheeses, uh, that we just find all kinds of mold inside of nuts. You know, a lot of nuts, uh, peanuts, any of these, you know, a lot of people are eating a lot more nuts um, will have mold uh, in them. What other sources do you find for mold? Well, like I mentioned, um, supplements, this is something that we had to learn the hard way. We really didn't have an understanding of how a lot of these products are made. So in my world, we have a lot of kids that have massive nutritional deficiency, and we do have to go in and sort of rebuild that profile for them. But in our attempts to do so, there we discovered that some of these kids were getting sick with giving them these supplementation. And there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, one is because their pathways are so blocked up with other forms of toxins, they can't receive that nutrition properly. Right. But another reason is that a lot of things are cultured on mold. Mm -hmm. And so, and they use a lot of these like citric acid as a preservative in many things, a lot of liquid forms of supplementation, Mm -hmm. which our kids need because a lot of our kids can't swallow pills. Right. Right. And so you have this double issue where you're trying to treat, but you're also causing harm. Oh, and for most people, the the average person, they're going to have no idea, you know, that this is the the case for it. Uh, Glyphosate. Oh, we can hardly get away away from it. It is in that is one of those toxins that is in the air. It's in the water. It's in our food. It is in every source um, of everything that we do as a human being. It's so frustrating, as you so as you noticed my expression. Like to say is like if I had to choose a nemesis, it's this one. It's absolutely this one. The capacity that it has to destroy not only the microbiome, which is really the primary conversation that we have when we're talking about glyphosate, but it travels through our sulfation pathways right into our interstitium, which is our main massive highway system for transporting toxins out and nutrients into every tissue at every level. Right, And it just shuts it down. And you always can kind of spot those people that have high glyphosate toxicity because they're often the ones that are dealing with lymphatic dysfunction and carrying heavier loads of adipose, um, fatty adipose tissues, and they're struggling with weight loss and all kinds of other things. Hormone things will do that too with endocrine disruptors. But our biggest issue is actually that underlying glyphosate that disrupts the zinc pathway. Okay, And it's just, it is so difficult because there's no the the thing with glyphosate is that it's both positive and negatively charged. Mm-hmm. It, it right. it's a bipolar element, and so you can grab a binder and throw it on one end, and it's still hanging out in your tissues on the other end. Right. It's really tough to get rid of out of the body, and and so this one is a uh, yeah. It's almost like it was designed to just be absolutely destructive, and not only does it ruin the microbiome, it's a as you know, it's a registered chelator, but it only chelates essential minerals. It right. doesn't touch the heavy metals that we have. The no. It just strips all of us of our minerals. Right. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's a bad, bad beast. Right. And I honestly, the only, well, the only true way to, to absolve yourself of, of taking in glyphosate is, you know, number one, you, you've got to 
filter your water. You've got to know what's in your water to know what kind of a water filtration system you need to have on it. Number two is, you know, I would say eat organic, but I want you to go a step above that. Yes. And I want you to know your farmer because organic doesn't mean no chemicals. It means limited chemicals. I couldn't agree more with you. And we actually built an entire section about sourcing your food into our educational products. So whether it's a consumer or a practitioner, we really do not understand. Like we we get this this safety blanket of these labels and right. we start reaching for them, right? And it's like you said, it's marketing. Mm -hmm. USDA organic on food is still marketing. You're still getting exposed to glyphosate because there are allowable limits of that even in organic processes. So we often counsel our patients to really be getting to have a relationship with the farmer's market. Yes. Start talking to the people that are growing your food. And even better, if you can really get in there and become like an urban homesteader and start growing a lot of your own produce, that's even better because then you can right. really control what's going on. But you know, sourcing food is absolutely critical. And it oftentimes can feel like a step too far for people when they're overwhelmed with chronic illness. Right. But there's something so rewarding about making that connection to the person growing your food, having them become sort of a part of your extended family, mm -hmm. you and your children growing your own food in your house, whether that's a herb box in your window or a full greenhouse in the back. Mm -hmm. You you get to reclaim this power of knowing that your food is safe and it's really coming to the table with a nutrient profile that we need for health right now. Research shows that being part of a community really helps us feel united, supported, safe and secure, and we're more apt to reach our goals. This is exactly what we had in mind when we created our Roadmap to Wellness Club. Join us now for our monthly membership group where we host weekly meetings, hosting live Q&As and content created to help you transform your health as well as monthly expert speakers. Go to transformingwomenshealth.com and click on Roadmap to Wellness Club. Absolutely. And food is medicine for, you know, those who uh, it's, it's an old adage that's been said over and over again, but we can't say it enough. Uh, you know, what you eat is what you are. And, and so if you're putting trash in, you're going to expect trash, you know, from your body. So I, I love that. Um, it, when you talk about toxin um, also with, with autism, I, I want to touch on vaccines. Are vaccines things that you guys talk about within your clinic? Absolutely. Okay. We, we have a lot of families that come to us and, you know, my son is vaccine injured. My son, Donovan, he's mm -hmm. absolutely vaccine injured. I witnessed it firsthand and it altered the course of my career to a, a drastic 180. Mm -hmm. And um, I have patients that know that their child is vaccine injured and have a clinical VAERS report that shows that they are vaccine injured. And I also have patients that have actually never had a vaccine and have autism. Mm -hmm. So this is where we really need to extend the conversation. Do vaccines cause autism? Yes, of course they do. It was actually on the label of a hexavalent vaccine up until I think it was like 2010. It was a listed side effect. They took it right. off. They don't talk about it anymore. But there's also a bigger picture. So my concern is that families will become vaccine hesitant totally their choice to do that. I'm such a like, you know, pro-choice on this issue. 
Mm-hmm. And yet we don't have the conversation about the food, the water, the air, and the other sources of these toxins. So right. yeah, right. But yeah, of course. And, and here's the thing too. I mean, because you know, this can go in a million different directions right now. Um, I also have a vaccine injured son um, as well. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that does it make automatically make all vaccines bad? Gosh, no. You know, I, I don't think so. When we take a look at, you know, the, the overload bucket, if the bucket was already full, that vaccine is, is, is that trigger that just took you right on over the edge, right? Oh, we lost. We lost audio. Am I back? Oh, you're back. Oh my gosh, sorry. <laughs> Slight technical difficulties over here. It's okay. Um, yeah, that this is why we have to have the conversation about these other interferences because you know there's there's all of these things are working symbiotically together to really shut down our health. If it was any one answer, then you know, we like say it was just heavy metals, we could go in, we could chelate a child and they would recover. And that actually was the case about 25 years ago when uh, people like Dr. Sid Baker, a true mm-hmm. pioneer in understanding autism. When he was doing that work and he was chelating and then rebuilding the minerals and B vitamins in the bodies of these children with autism, um, that that was the recovery story. Right. That is not the new autism. The no. new autism is all of these things combined, all of these situations that are shutting down different systems simultaneously. Right. And, and I, I think I would even just venture to say it's the same for all chronic diseases now that we're seeing. Oh, I I agree 100%. And this is why I want to have all these kinds of conversations about, all right, we know toxins are leading the cause for all kinds of diseases that are happening. You know, uh, COVID-19 happened because the state of our health is so poor. Yes. And it's not changing unless we change, unless we have the, the conversations about lifestyle changes. It's not going to change. There is going to be an even worse virus that's going to come through, and our bodies are just not going to be able to handle it. So let's get into talking about, I mean, we talk about heavy metals. I want to talk more about the emotional, um, you know, side of things too, but I think we can address it as we're going through the solutions because I really like our listeners I don't want to hammer in on this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. It, it's like this whole soup, cocktail soup of, oh, it, you know, you, it can be overwhelming. And for even the lay person, it can be like, what's the point? What's the use? I love that you said that. This is overwhelming information, and there are definitely many areas where we can look at our health and then we start to get overwhelmed. We get analysis paralysis and we just shut down and we stop having the conversation. Um, And I I agree with you. Where I would start is, you know, one or the other. Start with detoxifying the actual, you know, four primary toxins from your inner and outer world and make that something that you deal with. And for me personally, the next step that we go into is all about releasing the emotional interferences of the emotional body. And I often find that people who avoid the emotional work are the ones that are the most physically toxic. And part of why they avoid the work is because when they begin to allow themselves to feel the emotions of the trauma that they've experienced, like having a child regress into full autism or losing their own health to a chronic condition, 
the minute we begin to mobilize emotional toxicity, we're also mobilizing physical toxicity. Mm-hmm. And we become really unwell and we start to have a detox reaction and we start to feel like we have the flu and we get physically sick and we're dealing with the emotional, you know, situation. So I like to recommend doing that physical detox first and really getting a good baseline for that so that when you go in and you start dealing with the emotions and confronting the absolutely valid trauma of these experiences, mm-hmm. it becomes an easier thing to, to tackle. Absolutely. So when we talk about, okay, let's deal with the the detox, how do we help the body get back to its innate ability of what it's supposed to be able to do in the first place, which is detox? It's it's made to protect ourselves. Yeah. I really think that, you know, um, from the physical perspective, it's about avoid and eliminate. Avoid and eliminate is what we teach and practice in our clinic and with all of our educational stuff. And one of the easiest things to do is to begin the avoidance piece because Mm -hmm. when, and when you begin doing that and you start filtering your water, you filter your air, you start sourcing your food from different places that have less toxic burden, instead of taking something away or going undergoing a drastic detoxification process, you're just making these subtle shifts that are slowly going to actually start to improve your health. Because remember, we're all mitochondrially impaired at this point. Oh, the yes. toxins have taken such a toll on our mitochondria that we're exhausted. That that <laughs> exhaustion that people feel is legitimate. It is very real. Yes, it is. And so shifting those things that are working for you in the background, cleaning up your food, your air and your water, that's going to make a big impact. And then you can go in and start taking a look at subtle things to actually detoxify the body. Um, I'm a huge fan of anything that activates parasympathetic. Mm. Parasympathetic activation is really the key for me in terms of restoring that innate process because it is the innate process. Right. When we were able to not be in such a state of trauma that we were in constant fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, Mm -hmm. our bodies had the space and the signaling to perform that detoxification on their own through our existing organs of detox. But through that traumatic experience that our body is perceiving from any one of those four interferences, because any one of those triggers that cell danger response into this trauma response that gives the the coding or the signal to shut down the cells Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then we can't detoxify anything. Right. And our motility slows down. And so anytime that we can give ourselves a break and go into parasympathetic, this is really where the magic happens. Now Mm -hmm. for me, um, I'm a huge fan of ion foot baths because if they're done properly, they can absolutely create a parasympathetic response and also boost the rate of excretion Mm-hmm. through the ionic charges that really help support detox. So like, I'm a huge fan of those. Um, I also love infrared sauna. Yes. yes. I think that that is actually, um, that that's actually my personal favorite because <laughs> I like to be toasty warm and I really like the lymphatic benefit that I get from yes. that. Yeah. And also it has a great uh, portion that comes in when you have infections too. Yes. So raising that core body temperature is always going to help if you have chronic infections going on in the body, but even things that are as simple as meditation. Yes. 
breathing, like doing breath work and really learning to bring in that oxygen and control the way that that cellular respiration is working inside of the body is going to have a big impact. So, you know, I love high ticket items. I'm a little bougie when it comes to my, <laughs> my wellness, but at the same time, you know, I love simple things like meditation and breath work and even guided visualization. Yes. Journaling. Yes. You know? Yeah, anything that's like free for me to access that also gets me into a space of relaxation mm -hmm. and focusing on positive things and shifting my mindset. That that for me has had the greatest impact on my own personal detox journey above anything else. And and it does work for children on the spectrum as well. Awesome. Our kids, yeah, our kids respond to that. I, I'll oftentimes tell parents to play a meditative track or a frequency track that's specific to um, like self-love, like a 528 hertz frequency track at night in the child's room. And even that can activate parasympathetic and have a benefit overnight. I love that. I love and, and that's that stress. That's the releasing of that stress. Our body has no idea whether stress is emotional, physical, or chemical. It just knows we're under stress. Yes. And we have to find those ways to release that because we're not going to get toxins out of the body if our, our toxic, our detox pathways are plugged up, right? That's correct. That's actually a terminology known as channelopathy, which this, <laughs> <laughs> this is something that I've been talking about for years and I've presented on at a lot of conferences and is channelopathies. And what that essentially means is just it's a pathological breakdown in our channels, things like sodium, calcium and potassium ion channels. Those things transport nutrition in and toxins out. This is our mitochondria, our methylation, especially. And a lot yeah. of our Yep. All of our detox signaling. So those toxins and those exposures, they go in and they change those channels. They block receptor sites and they make them unusable. And it's, um, it's definitely our biggest hindrance because now we've got an interference that we need to identify and remove. Uh, this is so good. Channelopathy. I'm going to have to look up one of your, your talks on that. Well, oh my gosh, we are like, we're already at, at our 30 minutes. I, I, it's just crazy how quickly time goes on. But there's so much more that can be discussed here. And I know that you developed the rogue method. I know some of the things that we discussed here today are part of that rogue method in identifying. But tell our listeners, you know, how can they learn more? How can they connect with you? Well, really, that's why I developed the rogue method is this conversation, because you and I just blew through 32 minutes and we barely scratched the surface. <laughs> we have it. Right. Um, and so really, it's a process of giving you the information. It's a it's a three step process of where to start and then where to go next to unlock your own health and healing so that you, it, it really simplifies the process and you're not out there wading through all of this information and then trying to put it together yourself. Right. We've already done all the hard work for you. So you can take a look at what it is that we do at theroguemethod.com. And that's R-O-G-U-E, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. And that's really going to give you the information. There's a couple of things that you can do to find us and work with us. You can work with us in clinical practice. You can work with us if you are a provider and you want to learn the method and get that certification in the rogue method. We train providers every single day and have been doing that for a couple of years. And we have a really great upcoming program for health seekers. 
If you are someone that is dealing with a chronic condition or your child has a chronic condition, this program on an excellent platform called Dragonfly Health was put together for you, where I'm going to be working with you one-on-one as well as my team of experts. We have um, 11 other providers and physicians that are coming in to educate you all about you and your health and how to regain that so that you can really just reach recovery and go on with your life. And and this doesn't have to be a continual conversation. Right, right. We all want to go out of business. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, we want to reach the masses and get out of there. Uh, Tyler, thank you so much for coming and sharing just just a snippet, you know, of your wealth of information with our audience here today. Um, please go check out the roguemethod.com, connect with Tyler Lewis. Uh, I know there's various different ways to educate yourself through their websites. Um, and I'm going to leave two things to you as we close up. Number one, I want to know what is your best toxin-free lifestyle tip that you can leave our audience with. And number two, I want you to give us your final thoughts on how we can move forward. Absolutely. One of the most critical things that we can do to detoxify our life is to filter our water. It's an often overlooked piece, and it often also has the highest level of toxic metals, glyphosate, mycotoxins, and endocrine disrupting chemicals. So you're really getting all four of those in your water supply. Getting an excellent filtration system throughout your whole house, because if it goes in your body or on your body, it should always be filtered 100% of the time, is going to drastically change the state of your health before you even have to do any other interventions. Let me share with you just a really quick story. Is I have a dear, dear friend of mine She's actually the creator of a program called Wiggles Away. Uh, this also uh, works with uh, kids who are on the spectrum. She has suffered from Meniere's disease, was told that she would be on medication for the rest of her life, that she would never have any children. They started digging into the Bible, actually. Uh, and looking for ways to heal themselves. Um, and it led them to how they eat. That was number one. But secondly, it also led them to their environment and the toxicity that they were exposed to. By putting in a whole house water filtration system, 80% of her symptoms went away. 80%. She now has uh, been medication-free for better than 10 years and has four children. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that I is the importance of the water. It is. It really is. And also the importance of trusting and leaning into your faith and looking for the answers within too, because we have an innate system called discernment and you will okay. find what you need for yourself. And it's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. Any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with, Tyler? I just really want everyone to know that, you know, I've worked with all kinds of illnesses and conditions with all dynamics of families. There isn't any single person on this planet that is not capable of healing. I have seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And I know that somewhere out there, the peace for you on your individual journey is going to be found and you can and you will heal. So please don't give up. Please keep looking and keep going and just trust that. Have faith in that because you can absolutely do this. That's all for this episode of The Toxin Terminator. And we hope we've helped you remove the hidden toxins in your life for renewed health. 
If you're looking to continue your journey towards full rejuvenation, reach out to Amy directly by visiting amycarlson.com for your own one-on-one chat session, as well as your free toxic risk assessment. That's A-I-M-E-E carlson.com. And remember, you are just one small change away from renewed health.